Uh, we've been talking about the authority of God's word. Last week we spoke of this and uh, we shared um, John 12, 48. It says, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. The message says, I came to save the world, but you need to know that whoever puts me off refusing to take in what I am saying is willfully choosing rejection. The word, the word made flesh that I have spoken and that I am the word and no other is the last word. Word. Praise God. So we are, are talking about giving the Word of God um, its place of authority in our life. Um, how we give God's Word a place of authority, it means it's the rule of conduct. It's how we work. It's the drumbeat of our life. It's how we walk, how we live, how we move. Uh, we don't go this way or that way. We saw last week that um, Adam and Eve uh, chose to subvert or yield to a foreign authority, and we found out that that actually subjected all of humanity to the curse. And, and so uh, God had given them a mandate uh, to uh, subdue the earth. Uh, and basically he's saying, I give you my authority over all the work of my hands. But you'll see uh, from that experience that unexercised authority brings curse. Unexercised authority brings curse. Minimally, you will miss out on God's blessing, but many times it brings curse. If you don't exercise uh, your authority over the enemy, he takes advantage of you. You understand? And so uh, recognizing the authority of God and his word and how that works and operates in our lives um, is, is important, it's valuable. Uh, uh, one thing that Brother Hagin said that faith cannot be operated where the will of God is not known. So you have to know the word, but you not just know the word because Adam and Eve knew the word, but they didn't act on the word. Y'all with me? If it's not acted upon, then it stands all by itself. And so, so you know, a rejection of God's word is going to bring cursing, is going to bring into our lives things that we don't want to have happen. Satan is still actually the God of this world. He rules in the hearts of the children of disobedience. So we still have the opportunity to uh, take dominion, as God said in the beginning, he said, take dominion, dominate. There's some things that need to be dominated. Well, they didn't, and the, the forces that were going to dominate did, and all of humanity was sold out into sin. Jesus came and restored it. Now we just have to act on it. We just have to live this. We have to do this. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Why? Because then we're operating in our own authority, we're, which is useless and powerless. But when we operate in his authority, the authority of the word, right? Then we got something we, to work with. And it's more than just uh, reading the word and, and resounding the word. It's more than just, just meditating. It's important. That's definitely important. Uh, as as we, we hear from Pastor Mark, that uh, the first thing that your face should move is your mouth. So it's the beginning, but we could teach a parrot how to speak the word. By his stripes, I'm healed. I'm blessed coming in. Blessed going out. Polly wanted a cracker. So the authority will come in when it becomes the highest seat in your life. You cannot do what you don't live. And what you live causes you to walk in 
the authority of his word and take benefit of the authority of his word? Huh? Come on. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I thought I would be nicer to this group. I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> Listen, Mark 13, 31. This is still recap. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. They stand sure forever, says the living Bible. Psalm 138.2, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name. It has the highest place, the word of the living God. Woo! Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Everybody's thinking, I guess that's a good thing. Praise the Lord. Going to move on. We're going to share a new one, try and move on a little bit. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. Uh, In the New King James Version, uh, it says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. Why did he say also, you guys? He recognized Jesus as a man who has authority. Y'all with me? And he says, I am a man also under authority. And then saying, having soldiers under me. So he's under authority and in authority. I don't want to get off. I don't have time to get off. But why is the Holy Spirit having me do this? Listen, if you are not yielded to authority, you can't exercise authority. You'll have people say crazy stuff. I, I only submit to God. I don't submit to any man. You will not be able to exercise authority because I promise you, God, when you hit this deck, you hit this earth with your little skinny butt and they papped you on the butt, you came into a family and had the opportunity to learn how to submit to authority because it's only in that atmosphere can God use you with his authority. If you don't know how to yield to authority, you are a loose cannon We can't trust you with a water gun. You have become a law unto yourself, which is not God's law. It's only by yielding to authority that we can exercise authority and have authority. Number one, that authority. And that's why I'm talking about this, first of all, trying not to get over into that area. But the word of God is the ultimate authority. And when the Holy Spirit, who is an authority, says something to you, it will never subvert the word of God. People say all kinds of stuff. The Lord told me. The Lord told me. The Lord told me. You'll have people say, the Lord told me to leave my husband. Really? Based on what scripture? Now listen, if you're in danger, I get it. If you, you know, you're, it's, it's dangerous, that's not what I'm talking about. They just decided by spiritually speaking, the Lord is directing me. A provider, he brings food home, he's not mean, you know what I'm saying? The Lord said, listen, the Lord is not schizophrenic. 
And so, so people will yield to foreign authorities. Adam yielded to a foreign authority. Eve yielded to a foreign authority. But Christians oftentimes will pick and choose uh, when that word has the ultimate authority. And you can't have a convenient Christianity and think, think that you have authority over stuff. The devil is in the world, and the devil doesn't like you because you're made in the image of God. You look just like he does. You have the same life on the inside of you that God has on the inside of him. When, when we come around, there should be demons freaking out because we have Christ in us, and they'll be like, look, there he is. And worse, he knows his authority. Because, you know, there are people that try to exercise authority. We see the seven sons of Sceva in the book of Acts. We cast you out in the name of Jesus of whom Paul preaches. And the demons spoke and said, well, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. And Paul, we know. We have no clue who you are. You have no bearing here. So we, we have, of course, authority in Christ Jesus, and he has given us this authority, but there is a cooperation with that. Hallelujah. This is serious business. So he says, um, for also, verse 9, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, I, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Listen, verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So Jesus leaves the conversation. He was so amazed. He just leaves the centurion soldier hanging out, turns to his guys, goes, did, did you hear that? How would you like to be a person who causes the Lord to marvel? Really, honestly, I, don't, I didn't even know it was possible. But he marveled. He marveled at two things, great unbelief and great faith. And so this centurion soldier, he recognizes authority. Jesus uh, actually turns to everybody and says, And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Jesus interpreted this man's understanding of authority as great faith. Isn't that amazing? His understanding of authority translated into great faith. We understand the authority that's in the word of God. And Jesus has spoken. He has actually is the word of God. And he's come to us and moved himself on the inside of us. So now we can walk in his authority. So in so much that when we speak out of our mouth, and I mentioned this last week that Reinhard Bonnke said that the Lord told him that the word of God in his mouth, in other words, Reinhardt's mouth, is no different than the word, no less powerful than the words in his mouth, in God's mouth. But obviously I believe that there is a level of cooperation that must take place in order for that to be so. Y'all with me? Praise the Lord. We're going to get through this. John 15. Ooh, hallelujah. 
He says in John 15, 1 through 8, New King James says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. That's gardener, uh, uh, husbandman. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That it may bear what? More fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do what? Everybody say nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will or desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Come on, y'all. So the abiding word has to be more than that you just have everything memorized. How would anybody even know or recognize that you're his disciple if all, all it was, was was memorization? Listen, you have memorized many things. Some of you know things, maybe you shouldn't. But anyway, you've got a lot of things memorized. Isn't that right? Things that are important to you, you've memorized it. Things, it's just mind-boggling that, that, for instance, like ladies, they will have so many really cool things memorized about beauty. They can name all the different beauties and all the different clothing uh, designs and purses and all those kind of things, but they will, will be clueless when the service engine soon comes on in their car. Hey, sugar, when did that come on? I have no idea. Is it on? Yes. Do you happen to know what month that happened? No. So we've memorized, all of us have different things that are important to us. And, and uh, um, it's interesting, my son, um, Eric, he, he, he knows uh, where, who made the movie, who produced the movie, uh, and the actors and names. I'm like, what's that actor's name? He just fires it at me. But there are things that he just doesn't care about, you know? And, and, and so each of us have things that are important to us. Isn't that right? And, and so it, it has to be more. There has to be more than uh, abiding, if my word's abiding you. It has to be more than just merely memorization. He says, then they will know you are my disciples. The only way you can see somebody as a disciple is if they are acting and living the word that they're meditating on. Because you are different. Then you will ask what you will. Then you can move mountains. Then you speak to elements and they change. Not because you have something memorized, but you have something that's sown deep within you that you live and it causes your cells to be different wherever you go. You have something that you are marching to different than the world is got going on. That compels you and moves you to do things. And you start yielding to this, right? And then your authority starts growing and changing and you talk differently. When I got born again, oh my goodness, when I got saved, 
I came into the, the, the word of faith and in Christ message, and, and I just thought, whoa, man, such great revelation. And, and uh, I knew because what the word said that I was supposed to go to church, you know, so I'm trying to find a church that, that believes this way. The stuff you hear through our pastors, you know, who you are in Christ, that we're seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities. And uh, man, our words have power. And man, it was hard. I just finally started going to a nominal church. You know what I mean by a nominal church? It's like a church, you know, that believes that you get saved and praise the Lord and they worship and, and sing and it's good. It's not bad, it's good. Just out of obedience, go there, tithe there, you know, that kind of thing because pastor hadn't showed up yet. Looking for a church where the Spirit of God moves. Found the best one I thought I could find. So anyway, you know, long story short, I get around these people. I'm playing softball with them and that kind of stuff and, and uh, somebody is, is having an asthma attack. They're borderline dying in front of me. So me, uh, in the little bit of time I had, I had listened to Brother Hagin's, uh, you know, uh, message on prayer, probably about five, six, eight times. I don't know. I just kept listening to it and feeding on it. So here's somebody's dying. Somebody's got something going on. I'm, boy, I'm on. I was like, whoa! I jump over there, put my hand on her and said, in the name of Jesus, I command your body to be healed. And, you know, I'm talking like Brother Hagin would have me to talk. Glory to God. The word of God says we have authority over sickness and disease. I'm, boy, I'm just, you know. So I'm done sweating. <laughs> Whew. You put all out there, boy. No devil's going to mess with this woman ever again. And one of the church people decided that he would doctrinally correct me by praying for her. And he came up and said, dear God, we know thou art sovereign. If it be thy will, heal her. I wanted to jump in there and say, or kill her. Is that what you want? See, faith cannot be exercised where the will of God isn't known. We know it's God's will. Otherwise, you have no basis for praying. So, so uh, having the word inside me is one part, then acting on it by commanding is another part. You understand? And... Uh, I realized that the task at hand was greater than uh, I knew that I was not to address him or the situation in that. But it saddened me because I knew that literally people are dying because they don't know their authority. Remember, God gave us the instruction. He said to dominate subdue something that was here, that something's still here, something's still going on. We're not done. Listen, we're going to go out of this world kicking at the de devil. Take your hands off my people. Take your hands off of them. I'll leave this body kicking. You say, well, they're old. You know, they're old. They might as well just die and go home. Listen, I will get healed and go home on my own. 
Not let the devil kick me out of my body or stop me, uh, you know, at, at some age because this is the age where people shut down. Not me! Not you. I, I mentioned my experience at the gym, you know. The Holy Spirit dealt me. I'm dialoguing with somebody. Yeah, I'm 58 years old. Yeah, yeah. I don't do the big plates anymore. I just do 30, you know, because of this and that. Blah, 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 blah. When I was done, the Holy Spirit said, really? And I was like, oh, that, that, that got me. That cut me to the core right there. I'm sounding real smart. But what I'm doing is I'm subverting God's word. Holy Spirit did not want me to put 10 plates on. I had five plates on. He did not want that. He was just checking me for what I was saying I believe. And all he had to say was, really? And I knew, oh, no. <laughs> That's not what I believe. I believe that he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth, like the eagles, renewed. One translation says, running and soaring. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm stronger than I've ever been. Ha yeah. <laughs> ha. Praise the Lord. We have to do that. Put a guard over our mouth. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. So these are, these are four questions I want you to ask yourself. Um, is the word of God the ultimate authority in your life? Ask yourself, is the word of God the ultimate authority in your life? Number two, what areas of thinking has God's word separated you from the modern thinking? Think about this. How has God's word separated you from modern thinking? What is modern thinking? Oh, there's several things. There's several things that we could go into. But what about like uh, come September, uh, they start showing cold and flu commercials. And you, do you go to CVS and make sure you have the updated version of uh, who knows what? Or is your first response, oh, heck no. There might be something going around, but it, it's going around me. It ain't coming on me. I'm going to take my gospel pills. Taking my gospel pills. <laughs> Not Motrin, more of him. Amen? Yeah. I'm not running to Sudafed. I'm not running to them. I'm running to him. Standing on the word, standing on the promise. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. I'm free from the curse. A thousand falls at your left, 10,000 at your right hand. Listen, it can happen to everybody. I might be the last one standing, but I'm going to stand. Having done all, stand therefore. How? By just standing on the word. Got my armor on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Third, how has God's word affected how you deal with life's challenges? Ask yourself this. We're talking about the authority of the word, the seat. Does it have the highest seat? Is it your first go-to when challenged? Do you get disheartened immediately? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, three days later, oh, yeah, what about God's word? Or do you stand immediately, go, uh, uh-uh-uh, uh-uh-uh, that's arguing with what I believe, that's arguing with the promise. 
And we have to arrest those thoughts. That's why the Bible says, uh, casting down every imagination, every thought that would exalt itself or try to get up in the seat, get into the place of the authority of God's word. That's the word seat, not that thing seat. It's trying to push that thing out of the seat. Literally, when he says, it says uh, taking captive, it literally means to take the thought, put it in jail. Literally, means to make it so it's ineffective. It cannot operate against you anymore. Oh, that's in jail. <laughs> Comes up, ah, I put you in jail a long time ago. Get back in there. Well, you know your ancestors had this. You know your ancestors had that. You know that when you get this age, people start forgetting stuff. I have a sharp mind. I will not be uh, bullied by the enemy into walking like I'm old. You stand tall. Listen, chest out. I don't care if you're male or female. Chest out. Shoulders back. Thank you, Peggy. Shoulders back, head high. And it's not that you're full of yourself or pride. You're, you're saying, no, no, enemy. I refuse to yield to years. It's just time. You see people in their 80s doing bodybuilding videos. You're like ripped, chis chiseled <laughs> stomachs, you know. And we can just dismiss it, you know, and say, well, they do steroids. Look, maybe we should get some then, right? We just make excuses why we get to get old. We make all kinds of excuses. What are you allowing to take the place of the authority of God's word in your life? What have you yielded to? What have you subjected yourself to? What ideology? Hello? Praise God. So how has God's word affected how you deal with life's challenges? And fourthly, to what level will you go to not violate God's word? To what level will you go to not violate God's word? Praise the Lord. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. I like what James Madison said in 1778 to the General Assembly of the state of Virginia. He said, we have staked the whole future of our nation, not upon the power of government, far from it. We have staked the future of our political constitutions upon the capacity of each of ourselves to govern ourselves according to the moral principles of the Ten Commandments of God, the Word of God. He said, we have staked the whole future of our nation on it. Now, you think and consider what's going on out there in this world. It's been a slow fade. Talk about 1776. Here we are, 2021. That we have allowed that to come into the seat of rulership. It has affected the authority of our nation. And we can't allow that, the church, we cannot allow that. We are the most powerful force in the universe. A rediscovery of the authority of God's word. A recommitment to yielding to it in all of its aspects.
a commitment to our own hurt to not subvert his word. Paul said, you have not yet submitted unto blood. And they were being persecuted pretty harshly. Their stand for the gospel caused them to not be able to work. Very difficult to get food. And they were taking that stand. The Apostle Paul was encouraging them. We need to take a stand. Praise God. We're going to talk the talk, walk the walk, live the life, be a strong finisher, run our race. We're going to have to make a new commitment to following and adhering to the Word of God. Talking about the authority of God's Word literally moves mountains. And if we keep His commandments, it's in, in the doing, in the keeping, that we ask whatever we want. You understand? It's like a symphony. There is a cooperation there. That if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He said, and then we will come on you. I want God to come on me. I don't know about you. I want the Father to come on me. And we know the difference. And I mean, you could be born again and saved, but man, you've had the experience, if you've been around this much, you've had it where you know, man, he just, he just came on me. <laughs> Whew. Whew. Glory. Oh, hey. <laughs> Woo. Makes you like, kind of knees shake, you know. Whoa. He's, he's on me. <laughs> you feel that? <laughs> Glory to God. We need him to come on us. We're going to have to have multiple experiences of God's glory. A commitment to yielding to God and the authority of his word and making that the, the ruling force in our life is of utmost importance. It's mandatory to be considered, as he would say, his disciple. Then they will know that you are my disciple. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for your grace resting upon the church, resting upon your people. We thank you for the authority in your word. Jesus, you said that all authority in heaven and earth is given to you. And you told us to go, to go in your authority. And Father, we thank you that the word of God has its effect, that Jesus is living himself through us in this earth that we are able, Lord God, to adhere to, follow after, and obey the word of God. We love your word. We love your presence. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing about the changes in us that must be made, for us to bear the fruit that you would have us to bear, that we would bring joy and pleasure to you, Lord, in everything we do. With every head bowed and every eye closed, possible that you've come here today and you don't know for sure if you were to die, you would go to heaven. The Bible says you can know for sure. You see, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. Hell is a horrible place. Jesus actually spoke more about hell than he did heaven. People don't realize that, but it wasn't because he was trying to scare us. He was trying to 
let us know that you don't want to go to this horrible place. And he said that unless a person is born again, he'll not see the kingdom of God. So God wants you to experience his goodness. God wants you to enjoy him here and then have a forever place in his presence. So if you've never been born again, you've never been saved, but you would like to be, I'm going to ask you to pray a simple prayer with me. I'll lead you in this prayer that you can know Jesus, that you can be born again. Will you pray this prayer with me, everybody together? Say, dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for me, that he was buried, and he rose again. I call Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you, Father, that I've been born again. In Jesus' name, amen.